This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. You're listening to an Art House Roadshow movie review. Welcome back to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. My name is Hank. I'm your host for this evening. I am not joined by the wonderful and talented uh, Kyle Myers. Uh, that's just for tonight. Um, this is just a movie review with me. Um, we're so glad that you decided to join us on this episode, on this movie review. Uh, today we'll be talking about The Iron Claw, which is a new movie that has just come out from A24 Studios, uh, directed by... Uh, Sean Durkin. But before we get too deep into it, I want to give you guys an update. Um, last time we met when we uh, covered The Exorcist, we promised that soon we would uh, be covering The Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which is uh, Martin Scorsese's most recent film, uh, three hours and 20 minutes. It is quite a film. Um, I have watched it. Uh, I know Kyle is preparing to watch it. Uh, but we have not completed that, nor have had time to get together just with the busyness of the semester winding down. Um, so anyway, uh, that is yet to um, happen, but it will soon, so pay attention to that. Uh, pay attention to our feeds and uh, be looking for that. We'll be announcing when that's coming out soon. I know that he and I both have also seen the new Godzilla Minus One. Highly recommend if you can go see that in theaters to go see it. It is an excellent Godzilla film. Um, I've actually been inundated with a lot of uh, Godzilla media recently, and so this was kind of a fun um, uh, engagement with uh, with Godzilla. I think it's one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen, if not the best. So check that out. I'm sure we'll be talking about that too, whether in a podcast or just as a part of our Killers of the Flower Moon podcast. But anyway, just wanted to give you that update. Be looking out for that stuff. Um most likely it'll be at the first of the year. The closer we get to the holidays, um, it looks like um, it looks like more and more might be pushed off till next year. Um, but you never know; we might be able to make it work. Um, but until then, um, just stay tuned, and we'll uh, keep you as updated as we are. Well, with that in mind, um, we do have some things to cover on the podcast here today, uh, which is namely the Iron Claws I mentioned, um, which is a movie about a professional wrestling family. Um, for those of you who don't know, and I haven't really, I guess, talked about this a ton on the podcast, but I have a secret love of professional wrestling. I have since I was a kid. And I'll never forget, when I was, like, very little, my parents showed me, um, a, an episode of, uh, what was at the time WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, um, and Hulk Hogan, uh, who came down to the ring in his bright yellow and red, uh, you know, tights and body slammed Andre the Giant. It was this amazing spectacle that as a kid you couldn't help but be just drawn into. So I've, I've always kind of had an affinity for it. And then the 90s, there was this kind of revitalization of of wrestling. Um, and, you know, I've, I've watched it on and on, on and off again in my adulthood, too. There's just something about it that keeps drawing me back in, which is very interesting to me. But this movie kind of uh, crosses some, uh, you know, unique lines of interest for me. One, on the one hand, I love films, and this movie is very much like an art house style film. On the other hand, you've got professional wrestling, which I'm also a big fan of. Um, the movie stars um, 
Zac Efron, who I've always had kind of a secret crush on and things like that. He's a, he's a really cool dude. Um, and Jeremy Allen White, who is the, uh, the lead star of the show The Bear on Hulu and Fox. Sorry, not just Hulu. It's on Fox. Um, or FX. Sorry. It's so... There's lots of really great stars in this, and I think they really shine in this film. It's it's not just about wrestling, you know. It's about this family. Um, because if you know anything about wrestling, if you're a diehard wrestling fan, you'll know that the Von Erich family suffers just innumerable tragedies. Um, and there's a, it's a family of five boys. Um, and, well, six boys, technically. And five of the sons die. There's only one living Von Erich uh, today, uh, alive and well today, and that's uh, his character is kind of the main character played by Zac Efron. Um, and so this family suffers incredible tragedies. And so wrestling is kind of in the background of this larger story about grief and loss um, that is just absolutely insurmountable. And the ways in which we recover and heal um and generally like the ways in which we deal with grief and the the very toxic patterns that um might not lend themselves to healing and the path really forward um which i think is uh, one of the more powerful messages of this film now uh you don't have to know a ton about wrestling to appreciate the film but i thought for those of you who might be interested in knowing a little bit more about some of the background of this um, particular family um, and how we get to the story, I, I thought I would. Um, they And they cover some of this in the film, but they don't cover all of it. So uh, the Von Erichs, um, the kind of the patriarch and matriarch of the family, um, is uh, Fritz and Dottie Von Erich. Um, and Fritz Von Erich um, was a professional wrestler in the early 20th century, and he played a... Uh, notable like a bad guy what they're called a heel um in professional wrestling there's heels which are the bad guys and the baby faces which are the good guys fritz played a bad guy and he became a very famous wrestler now back in that day there was not like it is today where there's like one or two like really nationally recognized wrestling programs today you probably have heard of the wwf or the wwe as it is now um, you might have even heard of AEW, which is the secondary, um, and, you know, saying that people will probably get really mad. It's, it's about equal with WWE in terms of its popularity and things like that. And they've got lots of great wrestlers on both shows, but you know, it's, it's nationally televised. You can turn in, turn on the TV any night of the week and watch one of the two of these programs. Back in the day, they didn't have that. There wasn't nationally televised, um, wrestling, uh, with some notable exceptions, what there was, was various territories. And so, as a wrestler, the goal was to become famous and ultimately own your own what's called territory. And so, like, a territory is just basically an area of the country where your particular wrestling program is the most popular. And so, for example, there's one in Memphis. There's one here in Texas, which is the Von Erich family. Um, there's one up in New York, which was the, what is WWF now. Um, there's one in, like, North Carolina, uh, which became WCW back in the day. And then, you know, everything between... Um, and they were all held together by a national, a, a national like wrestling conglomerate called the NWA at the day, 
where they would have like one champion that would travel around to all the different territories and defend it against local champions. And if your local champion became good enough, then he would become the national championship, national champion. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know, people always ask, you know, when I tell them I'm into wrestling, they're like, well, it's fake. I was like, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's like ballet in a certain sense. Everything they do is real. The punches and the hits and things like that, they, they're done in a way as to, so as to not to physically harm the person, but, you know, they still hurt <laughs> and things like that. But this is why, and, you know, obviously the champions are chosen not based on, like, who's actually beating up another person to win, but basically by people deciding who is and who's not going to be the champion. So the Von Erichs owned the Texas kind of territory during this time. And the movie kind of picks up um, right at the end of Fritz Von Erich's career and at the beginning of Kevin Von Erich, who is the oldest Von Erich at the time that we pick up in the movie. And this is, again, Zac Efron's character. The reason why I say he's the oldest at the time is that in the Von Erich family, there is an older brother who died very young when he was like... Um, uh, in his like early um, adolescence, like before he was even like a teenager, um, he got electrocuted. Um, uh, uh, like it was just a trailer tongue that he stepped on, and he um, like fell face first into some snow that melted and drowned. And so it was just this horrible tragedy. Um, and the kid was only six when he passed away. And so, like, you know, very early on, like, there's this horrible tragedy, and Kevin is actually the one who finds him. They don't show this in the film, but, you know, Kevin talks about it, and you see um, there's a scene later that references him, which I'll get to when I get to it. Um, I don't want to spoil it um, at this point, based on that. So, at this time that we pick up in the movie, there is uh, Kevin, who wins his first title for the local territory that he's in, Um and there he has three brothers. He has a brother, Carrie, a brother, Mike, and a brother, Dave. Um, in actuality, the, there was a fifth brother, already, like still alive at this point in the Von Erich family, called Chris. Chris Von Erich. Um, they kind of merge, like I said, Mike's story and Chris's story. But we'll get to, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, and so the story, you know, is, you could tell early on there's already some interesting family dynamics um one of the things that fritz says before it transitions into the kevin story is he looks at his kids and he says you know if you're the fastest you're the toughest and the most successful no one can ever keep you down and so there's this kind of mentality that the von erics have to be the best right they have, they need to be the best and it's very clear that you know kevin has taken that on to mean wrestling the brother carrie at this point in time is going to be an olympian um Mike is um, training to be a musician, and Dave is planning to also follow in a, his brother and father's footsteps to be a wrestler. And so for the family, it was very much this understanding that you need to be the best. And it, how that works out in the boys, which is really interesting, is that all of them feel like they have to compete for their father's love. Um, they don't really explicitly say that until much later in the film. But it's clear that their success in the ring is somehow connected to how they feel about how their father feels about them. Um, which I think is a very tragic thing, a very sad thing. And I think this is why this, this movie provides a really excellent commentary on like unhealthy forms of masculinity. Now, 
Um, the family, and you find out early after one of uh, Kevin's matches, he meets uh, Lily Adams' character. Um, or Lily James. Uh, Lily James' character. Um, she is a um, just a wrestling fan, and she asks out Kevin, and they go and have lunch uh, together. And, and Lily James does an excellent job in this film, um, playing Pam Von Erich. Um uh, she'll eventually marry Kevin, um, and they'll have a couple kids themselves, um, which is interesting. Um, but anyway, um, so they meet and they 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 talk, and the the thing that comes up is this this curse. Apparently, when Fritz von Erich was changing his name to take his mother's last name, because his original name was Atkinson, um, and then he switched and took his mother's name to von Erich so that he would have a more scary ring um, uh, ring persona. Uh, he was told, Fritz was, that his family would be cursed because there's this curse in the Von Erich side of the family um, that had been passed down through generations. And so um, Fritz didn't believe in curses, um, and he trained his boys to be tough, and so he believed that if they were tough, they could, you know, face anything. Um, they're a very religious family through the mom, uh, Dottie Von Erich, and so you see them at church quite often and talking about spiritual things. Um, but again, you see that the religious aspect of this is not necessarily something that leads to the healing of the boys, but is more of kind of like a public persona that they put on in order to be more popular with the Texas crowd. Now, um, the, the curse is named right there at the beginning as a way to kind of set up this idea that we're about to experience some tragedies. Um, as the wrestling kind of continues on, um, Kevin, like I said, gets a shot at the world heavyweight champion. He's the local champion. And when he gets popular enough, as it was in that time, you get a pop, you get a shot at the national champion. Um, and that guy at this time is called Harley race. Um, he has a match with him. It goes okay. But his brother Dave ultimately passes him here, um, to uh, take his spot to face the heavyweight champion, but he goes around um, to all the different territories wrestling the champion and ultimately goes over to Japan. Now, what's interesting is that in real life, Dave was already wrestling on the road just as much as, as Kevin was. And so um, Kevin, uh, Dave just became more popular. They made it seem like um, Kevin kind of got past prematurely, but uh, Dave and Kevin kind of started at the same time. Um, what's interesting about this particular part of the story is that um, in the movie, Kevin, who again is played by Zac Efron, um, he gets married to Pam and starts to kind of like settle down a little bit. The other brothers are really more about kind of wrestling and fame, and Dave's life begins to speed up. And you see at this point that Dave is sick, um, and, and like he's just traveling too much. And you know Kevin kind of confronts him and says like, "Listen, you've got to, you've got to slow down, or you're gonna ultimately something bad's gonna happen to you." And it's it's fascinating to see this because at this point in time you can see kind of the fringes of what's going on in the family. Um, like you can see that the dad is really hard on their youngest brother Mike. Um, you can see he's really hard on them in general and pushes them to be the best that they can be. And you can see that they don't really talk about issues in the family because there's a period of time where Kevin goes and he talks to his mom to try and get um, her to intervene on Mike's behalf. 
but that doesn't happen. Um, and so you can see that the family has got some wounds that they're not willing to address themselves. Again, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Well, the first tragedy that strikes is that Dave goes over to Japan, dies in Japan, uh, because the plan was is that he was going to popular fighting the champion in all these like local territories, lose all of his matches, and then go over to Japan, win over the Japanese crowd, because at this time... Um, winning over the Japanese crowd was very important. Um, in terms of wrestling, um, there's really two countries that love professional wrestling more than any other, America and Japan, ironically. And so everyone that you can think of, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you've heard of like Hulk Hogan, you've probably heard of The Rock. All of these people wrestled in Japan in order to get popular back in the day. And so it was that's what Dave was going to do. He's going to go over to um japan and wrestle and he actually dies in his hotel room he dies of some kind of intestinal bleeding now what's interesting is that there's this rumor and they don't really cover this in the in the movie you see at various times dave and carrie von eric um doing drugs um but when um david dies in japan uh they just go straight with the intestinal story and don't talk about drugs at all. There's actually this great conspiracy theory that he actually died of a drug overdose and didn't die of um, the intestinal thing. If you know anything about the Von Erich family, they vehemently deny the allegations that he died of a drug overdose. Um, instead, he died of internal bleedings. But this is really heavy stuff. Kevin's the oldest. He loses his brother, which is his next, the next oldest brother. Dies in Japan in a tragic way, and it hits the family really hard. Kevin Von Erich in interviews has said that he hasn't really ever gotten that back up from that. And in the movie, you see that he really struggles to recover from this. He tries to get back in the ring. Um, it's um, uh, during this period of time that Carrie becomes really popular, um, who is played by uh, Jeremy Allen White, um, who's the star of the, of the Bear. Like I said. Um, and and Carrie, like you know, like I said, he was going to be an Olympian, but the Olympics get canceled um, the year um, that Carrie was supposed to go because that's when President Carter decided not to send the United States to the Olympics because it was in Moscow. Now, what's interesting? Again, very interesting. Is Carrie also passes Kevin in popularity and wrestles and actually wins the national title. Um, from Ric Flair at the time, who, again, he's one, if you know of any wrestlers, <laughs> you probably have heard of Ric Flair. Um, and he wins at this big Texas stadium. He wins in honor of his brother. And there's all these really great things that are associated with it. And, you know, what they don't show is that, um, you know, Carrie kind of goes on this like explosion of like, um, of like matches and things like that. And in the movie, right after he wins, he kind of goes out and rides on his motorcycle and he gets in a horrible accident. Now, he doesn't die. That's not the tragedy at this point. Um, but his uh, foot is so mangled. His right foot is so mangled, they actually amputate it. But in the family, they decided to keep it a secret because they didn't want anyone to know that he was injured. And so he went out and continued to wrestle. Actually, I ended up going and wrestling for the the WWE, which they show, um, in, the show in, in the movie, too. They show him kind of like, learning how to walk and learning how to wrestle and doing all the things that he used to be able to do before he lost his foot. Um, but he keeps going. Cause again, that mentality of you got to be the toughest, the strongest, the most successful in order to beat this stuff. Um, and so it's, it's really quite 
um, sad to see this family kind of slowly start to implode. Um, Kevin is trying to help his brother. Well, also during this period of time, he's training his younger brother, Mike, to get in the ring. Now, what's interesting is that Mike enters into professional wrestling um, because uh, his father wants him to replace Dave on the road, who had just died. Now, Mike wasn't really interested in wrestling. Um, their youngest brother, Chris, was interested in wrestling. Uh, but Mike wasn't interested in wrestling. And so it was kind of a little bit more of a hard go for him. But he had the Von Erich name, right? And the Von Erich name carried a lot of weight in Texas. I mean, these people were like celebrities. Back when it was Kevin, Carrie, and David, they, these people were just mobbed by fans everywhere they went. You think of it like a no, local, local celebrity, and they show this really well in the film. And it's interesting because you can see the people diverging. Dave and, and Carrie kind of get more involved in like drugs, and, and Kevin gets more involved with Pam. He settles down with his family. And you can see already the tensions of like fame and trying to, how do we deal with the grief and trauma <laughs> of our really rough childhood with our father who was not very loving, who's very much, he had to earn his affection, that kind of thing. How do we deal with that? For Kevin, uh, for Carrie and David, it was very much like fame, more fame, drugs, those kind of things. And you could never get enough. Um, now, again, David did not die of suicide, but Carrie ultimately will. What's interesting is these mental health things keep building up in a lot of these individuals. They build up also in Mike. They build up also in David. Oh, no, sorry, in Chris, um, who's the youngest, like I said. And again, Chris does not show up in this film at all. And so the movie really asks the question, what does it mean to grieve and to ultimately heal? In this family, there is no permission ever to talk about feelings and how they felt or depression or mental health and things like that. It was just something that they had to sort out on their own. Many times, the, the message from Dottie or Fritz was like, you got to figure that out on your own. You're not allowed to really talk about it. And these guys didn't really feel like they had any place to go. And for Carrie specifically, as the, the movie continues and he becomes more successful in WWE, the problem is, is that wrestling on that amputated leg hurts. And so he's taking lots of pain medicine and ultimately, you know, he'll take his own life, um, which is a tragedy. Um, but before that, Mike in the ring, he'll get injured and, and he'll, he like basically like uh, dislocates his shoulder and he has a shoulder surgery and it causes him to get an infection and all these kinds of things. And, and, um, you know, he, uh, he ultimately takes, uh, like he, he actually, um, takes his own life. And so here at this moment, you know, David dies of an intestinal issue. We'll just stick with that story. And in the movie, both Mike and Carrie take their own lives. And it's just, it's tragic. I mean, Kevin, you can see is just really just beat up by it. And he's, He's, he's trying to work out things with his father. He's trying to work out things with his wife. And he's just dealing with grief. But it's in this period of time that he starts to lean more heavily on his on his wife, Pam, and his, and his sons. And he, he, he takes that as kind of his, um, like, uh, his safe place. And, you know, one of the things that happens here in the second half of the movie is Kevin takes over the wrestling business that his father started and ultimately sells it. Um, so that he and Pam can buy a house. Um, early on in the movie, Pam asks what um, Kevin wants, and after he says he wants to win the world title, he says, I want to 
buy like a ranch and have my all my brothers live on the ranch with me um the tragedy is is that he's the only brother left by the time we get to the end of the film um outside of you know like i said they didn't cover chris um chris also um takes his own life um and uh it's because you know he's um he's never able to be the athlete of his older brothers and it shows and so he can never really rise to the level of fame and fortune as his brothers and it just eats him up inside because again it's tied to his father's love his father very early on in the movie uh ranks the boys on you know which one he loves most um and so anyway it's it's fascinating because that's exactly like how it works in wrestling you know that you got the popular ranking system of who's the most popular and who's not at any point in time people can move up or move down and so these boys live with the constant anxiety that they were, if not they were perform, if they were not performing correctly, that they would slip down the ranking system of their father's love. And it's it's a really powerful movie. I can't get into every nitty gritty piece of it. Um, it's a really powerful movie, but there's two scenes here at the end of the film that I find to be the most compelling and the most important. I think for this film. Right near the end of the film, um, Zach Efron's character, again, Ke Kevin Von Erich, is watching his two sons play football together. And he starts to cry, and his two sons come over and ask, you know, ask him what's wrong and start to hug him, and he apologizes for crying in front of them because he said, men don't cry. And his sons, which, again, I love this, they tell him, like, well, are you, you're being silly, of course you can cry. We cry all the time. It's okay to cry. And they asked him kind of what he was crying about, and he looked at his sons, and he says, well, you just remind me of me and my brothers, and I remember I used to be a brother, but I'm not a brother anymore because all my brothers are gone. And the sons very sweetly say, well, we'll be your brothers. And, you know, they go off and play together, and, you know, Pam comes from her gardening, and she starts to play with them too. And there's just, uh, it's a really beautiful moment because, again, here's where the generational trauma starts to break. Uh, because... Zach Efron loves his kids and his kids love him and they're very affectionate and they give him permission to express his emotions in a way that I think is really powerful. And so this, this, this mental health message, I think couples well with a story from Barbie on like, what does it look like to express one's femininity in a way that is not um, unhealthy? And, you know, what does it mean to express one's masculinity in a way that is not unhealthy and i think these two movies try and get at those questions now i said there's another scene this actually this scene the second scene that i'm going to talk about actually happens before the one i just described it happens after the um after carrie takes his own life he ends up um shooting himself um in the heart and um with a gun that he gave his father and so you see carrie kind of like um, up and, and walking about after he kind of uh, took his own life. Um, and you see his foot's back and he gets in a boat and he rides downstream from his parents' ranch and he, he goes and meets with his two brothers that have already passed, Mike and David. And for the first time, he gets to meet his eldest brother, Jack. And Jack is still just a kid. And they, there's this beautiful moment where they embrace and everyone's healthy and happy and, you know, they're all returned to their form. And um, you know, again, some Christians will balk at this and say like, ah, well, suicide and, um, that issue and, 
and hell and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I get, I get all that. But the thing that's really fascinating is that there's this really important theological like tradition around, um, especially mental health and, um, taking one's life and heaven and hell. And there's this beautiful line from theologian Karl Barth, which I love the most. And he says, the God who's able to see the full measure of a life and the things that one has suffered is able to judge that life more comprehensively than just the one act that they commit by taking their life. And, you know, people get upset because it's like, oh, well, that makes, you know, taking your life attractive and things like that. If the only thing that we have to prevent somebody from taking their own life is the fear of hell, then we don't have anything. And I think it's time that we all admit that. And instead, I think what we need to say is that, like, there are reasons that people should stay alive and live here and now that are deeply Christian and spiritual um, that don't wave the fear of hell in people's face. I just don't think that is a faithful way of engaging in this topic. Um, and what's beautiful about this is that these boys who suffered, you know, for and the, and the little kid, right, who, who dies and drowns, you know, uh, in, a, in a puddle of snow. They are reunited, and they get to live their lives out that are robbed from them. Um, so, for example, like um, towards the end of Mike's life, he uses he loses the ability to play guitar, which was his favorite thing to do. And you see him on the dock waiting for Carrie playing guitar. And you know, David wanted to be champion, and there he is wearing the championship belt around his leg, around his not leg, around his waist. And it's again, it's this opportunity, and this comes from uh ecclesiastes that nothing's lost to god and you know god seeks out that which has gone by and you know bonhoeffer during world war ii uses this language as a way to talk about how those whose lives have been cut short might stretch out into eternity which i think is one of the more brilliant theological insights that he offers towards the end of his life um and so anyway um that beautiful scene of heaven and this kind of like beautiful scene of healing for Kevin from his his two sons is a really great way to end this film. Um, Fritz von Erich dies a couple years after uh, the death of Chris due to lung cancer. Um, they don't get to that here in this film, but they do show what the von Erich family looks like now. It's, it's Kevin von Erich and his family and their kids, and he's got a whole gaggle of kids and, they, and a bunch of grandkids, and they all live with him on his ranch. So he got his dream. Again, his brothers, his sons became his brothers, and they live with him on that ranch. And I think it's a very powerful story. Because again, it asks the question, you know, it's not about being the biggest, and the toughest, and the most successful. But rather, it's about um, the ability to grieve, the ability to um, live one's life open and honest about the feelings that they have. And I think one of the more profound elements of this film, the stories that it tells, and I think Zac Efron just knocks it out of the park, is like, when we let go of our life, only then do we find it. And when he lets go, finally, of this vision of this successful wrestler, which has been drilled into him since he was a kid, about what it means to be successful and how to live a successful life, and let's go of that, he finds his family and is able to receive back more than he could have ever asked for. And I think that's one of these great things about this film is that it teaches a very important lesson. Do not chase after success. That way is vanity. As again, Ecclesiastes would say. I'm an Ecclesiastes movie, what can I say? 
but rather seek out of uh, seek the things eternal love peace patience kindness all of these things and you find that here in kevin's life and kevin you know in interviews now will talk about how his family um saved his life and you can see that that uh is true here but anyway that's the iron claw um i would love to see and hear what you guys um think about it if you go see it again this is a high recommend for me this might be my movie of the year um if not uh godzilla minus one might be um but there's a couple others too um uh, the good person was way back i watched that in january but i still consider that a 2022 film anyway highly recommend go out and watch it let us know what you think um and we'd love to hear that um and that'll about do it for me um i uh look forward to talking with kyle about killers of the flower mood and godzilla minus one which i'm hoping to do both uh so look for those properties coming out maybe the first of the year but let's hope for a little bit before um if you'd like to support the podcast best way to do so is to uh, leave a review for us wherever you listen to this podcast so apple podcast Podbean, leave a review it other it helps other people find us um and uh hopefully we showed up on a few of your raps in spotify i know of at least one person we've shown up on their rap um and anyway i i hope that you guys are having a great advent season and ultimately we'll have a wonderful merry christmas if you're traveling for the holidays travel safe uh, be well stay warm uh hug those around you and we'll see you here next time on the art house road show And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time.